are listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have Peter Watts in the studio. Today and every Thursday, Peter, welcome. Yeah, it's good to be here. Thank you, Jason. And today you'll be continuing your series, Searching for Certainty, and we'll talk a bit about what you're going to talk about soon. But before we do, I know you've been uh, away over the weekend. You've been travelling around a bit. Uh, Tell us about what you've been up to. Yeah, so uh, as we've been talking about on Faith FM for a little while, we've been talking about the Prophetica series of meetings, uh, Prophetica, the history of tomorrow, where um, predictions, Bible prophecy and uh, current world events um, are brought together and we take a look at what the the Bible has to say about the future. And Prophetica kicked off in uh, on the weekend uh, up at Scottsdale. Uh, we were up there and then Launceston um, on Saturday uh, afternoon, evening, and then at Olverston on Sunday. And uh, it was terrific. We had uh, some really great people come along and we had uh, some really good conversations, some good interaction. It was... Uh, I th- we have seven presentations during the, uh, the, the the program, so there's quite a, a bit of material to cover, although we try to have each session only be 20, 25 minutes long. So, um, but it was great. We, we enjoyed that. And, of course, uh, Prophetica continues this weekend. Mm. We are at Blunston Arena in uh, Belle Reve, and uh, then that's on Saturday afternoon, 4.30 p.m., and then on Sunday afternoon, 4.30 p.m., we are in Hobart. Um, we will be at the Hobart Function and Conference Centre, which is Elizabeth Street Pier in Hobart. So we look forward to uh, meeting uh, anybody who would like to come along to that. And you yeah. can book in or you can register for the program at prophetica.com. You'll also find other details about the program there and you can watch the ad. Um, so prophetica.com if you would like to uh, get in to the um, Belle Reve program or the Hobart program this coming weekend and there are still spaces if people wish to do that. Now, I know over the weekend uh, you had David Maxwell presenting up in uh, Scottsdale and Launceston and Ryko at Alverston was presenting at Alverston. Yeah, and yourself and Gary Webster—that's four of our, four of our five presenters on our Tassie Encounters yeah, it program. Yeah, like it was almost like a Faith FM uh, reunion. Reunion. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, now this weekend, I know we were hoping to have uh, Robbie Bergen come down and speak, but uh, I think because of the lockdowns and what have you. He is not able to come, is that the well, case? with one thing and another, uh, due to COVID, yeah. I, I, how often would we uh, use that phrase? We should probably look to replace it with something else. But yeah. uh, due to COVID, he, he won't be coming down. So, uh, so who have we got presenting uh, this it's weekend? It's going to be Gary and I. So we are right. going to share the task. Okay. Um, and uh, But I think, you know, all the uh, topics that we're presenting are uh, are very fascinating and, and enjoyable to to share. So um, we'll, we'll enjoy being being able to do that. Awesome. Now we will be giving away a free ticket to Prophetica, uh, and uh, we'll give you a code a little bit later in the program. Uh, so you can text in and you can get your code. This is the second last day to get a ticket. So if you do want to come for free. Uh, you can uh, text us in a little bit later. Our show number is zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. That's zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Write that down, and uh, you can take advantage of our offers a bit later in the program. Now, uh, Peter, we've been looking at what? What did we look at last week? I'm just trying to think. Yeah. So last week we uh, the the program was called Born to Live Forever, That's and right. we're actually yeah. looking at. 
the plan of salvation. Why, why are we in need of God? Why do we need God in our lives? Um, you know, what difference does it make? And at the end of the day, of course, we, we recognize that, uh, we, we have a shelf life. We have a limited time here, uh, on earth and then it's over. Mm. Um, and God is saying to us, that's not what I made human beings for. I, I intended for them to live forever. Not only that, but the most important thing perhaps is to, that I intended that you should live forever in order to have a relationship with God forever. Mm. Um, and so God has done something about that, um, because we, um, have inherited this, uh, addiction to sin and selfishness. Uh, Jesus came into, uh, eliminate that and to actually bridge the gap between us and God. We had separated ourselves from God. Jesus came to reconcile us to God. And so that was born to live forever and the the fact that we can be born again. Mm. Now, I I remember asking the question last week, you know, some people uh, might not want to live forever in the current state of this world. Um, But uh, today's topic is will justice be done? And I guess this is sort of the the first... uh, journey into the restoration uh, of of our, of our earth so that such that it's actually worth living forever yeah well that's a good point you know if uh, you know if, if heaven's full of murder and uh, and you know um, stealing and, and and other crimes then do we want to be there and of course uh, the Bible picks, paints a picture of heaven that those things will not be there mm. and, um, and people will uh, will ask you know what about down here. So this week's program is called Will Justice Be Done? And uh, every day someone in the world is crying out for justice. You've only got to look at uh, social media or a news bulletin and and see someone bemoaning injustice in our world Mm. today. And so uh, that's a very good uh, question to ask. If you think about um, some of the the major tragedies, I, I remember Time magazine, their cover um, was listing all the various mass shootings that they'd had in America mm. um, back in 2017. Of course, they had the Las Vegas one where somebody was um, indiscriminately shooting with a high-powered weapon from a hotel window and shooting yeah. into the crowd. Many people that. will remember that on yeah. the news. Mm. Um, so h- how do you achieve justice then? You know, let's suppose that happens. You have somebody, say, shoots 20 innocent people. Mm. And then turns the gun on themselves, mm. and they're gone. So you don't even have the uh, the the satisfaction of arresting that person and putting them before the court and sentencing them. You know. So let's suppose you were to to do that and you sentence them to death or, or whatever you you do. How is that justice? You know. How does that repair in any way? The death of the 20 innocent innocent people. It doesn't really, It it really doesn't. And so I would contend that if there's no God, there is no justice. Mm. And so if you think about this, what does justice require? So in order to have justice, you would have to have compensation for the victim as well as um, consequences for the perpetrator. Right. And if you have, but if the victims are dead, how do you possibly compensate a dead victim? The only way you can do that is if there's a resurrection. Yeah. To, to raise them back again. The only mm. way you can do that is to be able to bring them back to life. Mm. And if you don't have God, you don't have resurrection. Mm. And if you don't have resurrection, you never truly have justice because mm. those people died and it's like they died in vain. Mm. You know, somebody takes out some innocent person. Unless you can bring them back to life, you can never compensate that person for what they suffered. Mm. Uh, and so I believe that 
the whole gospel and uh, the yeah the 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 um, the fact that there has to be a God in order for there to be justice. Mm. Now, injustice, of course, has taken you know the, there's all sorts of uh, examples, I suppose, is the word of injustice that you see in the Bible too. So the Bible is not oblivious to the fact that there's injustice. In Habakkuk one four, uh, the prophet is talking to God and he's saying. Therefore, the Lord is the law is powerless, and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, perverse judgment proceeds. He's complaining that there's no justice down here, mm. right? And uh, and and God responds to that. Um, but you, you know, we could even think about Jesus and him dying on the cross and the the uh, the sentencing that he received, and we could say there's you know, an incredible um, account of injustice mm. as well. So God is involved in all of this uh, as well. He has also suffered injustice. And so we want to look at that. And the Bible tells us that God actually has a, a judgment. Um, and maybe I'll get you to read that. It's um, Acts 17, verse 31. If you ha- Oh, you don't have it. I've got it here. That's fine. Acts seventeen thirty one. it says... He, God, has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. So this clearly lets us know who this man that they're talking about is because it's Jesus Christ. Mm. So he's saying that God has appointed a day on which he will judge the world. Now, there's a couple of things here. If I said to people, do you want justice? They would probably say yes. If, but if I was to say to people, do you want judgment, they would say no, no yeah. because on the one hand, justice uh, suggests that that's something good for me, but judgment suggests mm, that's something bad for me. But of course, you can't have justice without a judgment. Mm. They're both obviously judicial terms. Um, the, the, the words themselves are, are heavily related, of course. And what's interesting about this is, in Acts 17.31, it says, He, God, has appointed a day on which he will judge the world. Now, this is fascinating. Paul is speaking these words. It's in Acts chapter 17. This is some time after the cross. Mm. And Paul is saying that God will judge the world. He's appointed a day on which he will. So from Paul's perspective, this is yet future. It's future, yep. And that's an important element because the Bible here is alluding to a judgment that takes place sometime after Paul where God will judge the world by Jesus Christ. Mm. And uh, so that's an interesting aspect that there is a judgment after the cross, after Paul, that takes place. And we're going to have a little look at that um, as, as we continue to go along. There's another passage I'd like to read out. It's 2 Timothy 4, 8 where uh, in this passage Paul is writing here in, in before he was speaking in uh, Acts 17 recorded by Luke. But here Paul is writing, 2 Timothy 4, 8, it says, Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Paul is looking forward to when Jesus will return and he will give the crown of righteousness to his people. But it's interesting, it it, it calls the Lord the righteous judge. And I just want to dwell on that for a moment. When it talks about the righteous judge, what that means is that when God judges, he gets it right. 
In other words, we have maybe experienced down here and we've heard of cases yeah. in courts okay. down here where people have been wrongly convicted yeah. um, or where uh, a case has been reopened years later because more evidence has come to light. Mm. When we're talking about God's judgment, it's righteous judgment. In other words, he gets it right because he has access to all the evidence. Mm. God, when God makes a judgment, it's not one he has to revisit and say, you know what, I think I might have got that wrong. Mm. And and that that is good to know that God is not going to be fooled. God is um, going to be able to make the right kinds of judgment. Now, you've got a verse, I think, that you're going to read, which is uh, 2 Corinthians 5.10. This is a fascinating one. You want, want to read that out, Jason? Yeah. It says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. All right. Yeah. Now, to me, this one is where we have that kind of difference between, yes, I want justice, but no, I don't want judgment. Mm. But it's like uh, we want justice for uh, people who've done wrong against us, but uh, we don't want the judgment on us for when we've done wrong. Right. Now, mm. when we were listening, in our program last week, Born to Live Forever, we noted why we need salvation. Why do we need God at all? And it's because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And you, mm. uh, listeners may remember I talked about that illustration of falling through the air without a parachute. Mm. And God is offering us that parachute to save our life. And if we don't have it, we're just going to fall to our death. Mm. Um, the reality is the Bible tells us that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And if that's the case, we're all in a spot of bother with the judgment. Mm -hmm. And this is, of course, where people don't like the word judgment. We mm. do like the word justice because that implies that, you know, we might get justice when somebody's wronged us. But what about when we've wronged others? Do we want judgment then? Well, probably we don't. Mm. But the reality is there is a heavenly judgment. And this one here says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Mm. Here's an interesting conundrum. Last week we talked about the fact that we're saved by grace through faith. No question about it. It's the only way we're going to be saved. But this verse and others in the Bible imply that we're judged by works. And that is uh, a little bit of a mental puzzle that we have to go through. Well, yeah, I think if we if we just had that verse and we didn't uh, have other things to think about and back it up, we might... Uh not be very happy. <laughs> so, so I'm I'm hoping that as we go through the program, we'll we'll uncover some more. Uh, yes, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, so that's good. Let's go to our first song. This is "Don't Waste Your Life" by Ginny Owens. I've been trying to make a living. But I haven't got a life Chasing dreams with tunnel vision I'm running out of time Somewhere I lost what I've been missing I look but never find I never find No Stop long enough to pray for wisdom And I waited for an answer Opened up my heart to listen What is it I'm here for? And in the noise of all my questions 
finally heard a whisper, a still small whisper. Don't waste your life wishing, hoping, waiting for a better day. You know that would be a shame. Shine, shine your light bigger, brighter for the whole world to see. Play a part in history. Don't waste your life. So I'm making this my mission. Oh, I made up my mind. Even I can make a difference. One story at a time. When I forget what I've been given, I can always find. Lesson in these lines. Don't waste your life wishing, hoping, waiting for a better day. It would be a crying shame. Shine, shine your light bigger, brighter for the whole world to see. We'll play a part in history. So don't waste your life. Ooh, yeah. Don't waste your life. And every choice that you make, and every chance that you take, don't waste your life. And every prayer that you pray, and every I love you that you say, don't waste. Your life, and when you find yourself afraid, just repeat this simple phrase. Don't waste your life wishing, hoping, waiting for a better day. Trust me, that would be a shame. Shine, shine your light, bigger. For the whole world to see, I'll play a part in history. Listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we're talking with Peter Watts. Now, just before we get back into our program, I just want to give you our free ticket offer for today for Prophetica. And uh, the, the show number is 0488880891. That's the number. You can get a free ticket to Prophetica if you text in to that number the word Prophetica, that's prophet, P-R-O-P-H-E-T, I-C-A, and the number 21, no spaces. If you text that in to our number, 0488880891, we can arrange a free ticket to one of our final two remaining events, one in uh, Bellarive and one in Hobart City on the weekend. So we do encourage you to take advantage of that. So, Peter, we've been talking about justice and judgment. We like justice. We don't so much like judgment. <laughs> Isn't that always the way? Okay, so we talked about uh, previously that um, in 
uh, at Paul mentioned that God is going to, he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world, but that's yet future for Paul. And we actually see a description of this uh, courtroom, the heavenly courtroom, um, in the book of Daniel. If we go to the book of Daniel chapter 7, uh, that chapter is uh, talking about various nations that are arising and it talks about a lot of the history of the time from Daniel's time all the way to the end of time. And intercut with that is a judgment scene and I'll get you to read about that. It's in Daniel chapter 7 verses 9 and 10. Yeah, and this is titled Vision of the Ancient Days for some reason in the Bible. Uh, so let's read this. I watched till thrones were put in place and the Ancient of Days was seated. His garment was white as snow and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, its wheels a burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. A thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened. Okay, so we have this magnificent heavenly throne room, courtroom scene. Um, and this is a vision that Daniel had, yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah, so it's the vision of the Ancient of Days. Mm. Um, and, of course, the, the, the Ancient of Days is another sort of name for God, God. the Father. Yeah. Um, and we, we say God the Father because when, uh, if you slip down to verse 13, there is another passage uh, that's related to this, and I'll read this this one out. Uh, it continues, it says, I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven, he came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. So we've got the court was seated, the books were opened, this incredible courtroom scene, thousands of angelic beings are present in this courtroom scene. God's there on the throne, and then it says... One like the Son of Man came to the Ancient of Days and they brought him near before him. Here, the, uh, the Son of Man, of course, is a reference to Jesus. It's the, the, the phrase he used about himself more often than any other mm. in the New Testament. So um, the, the Son of Man. So when Jesus talks about the Son of Man, incidentally, in the New Testament, he's referring back to this character that is, appears here mm. in uh, Daniel chapter 7. So the Son of Man is brought before the Ancient of Days. The Son is brought before the Father, and he's there representing humanity. Humanity. Uh, and this is actually good news about the judgment because if we have Jesus as our Saviour, He stands there as our representative. And we're going to come to that uh, a little more as we go on. So, yeah, so, so why does God need a judgment? Doesn't He know everything already? That's an excellent question. That's exactly right. So, the Bible reveals that, you know, that God is omniscient, uh, He's all knowing, He has all knowledge. And so, yeah, why why have a judgment? Can he just read your heart and uh, just take you into heaven based on that? Mm. Well, uh, first and foremost, it's very interesting. You know, you read out there was uh, 10,000 times 10,000 stood before mm. him and thousands of thousands, right? Um, so there are lots of heavenly beings around this heavenly throne room scene, this courtroom drama. And um, apparently this judgment is not for god's sake mm. 
because it is true that he knows everything. So why would he need to do that? But what we need to understand is that the security of the universe is at stake. Mm. We, in one of our previous um, topics here on searching for certainty, we talked about why so much suffering, mm. and we recognised that there was a cosmic conflict going on, a heavenly, uh, a universal battle between good and evil, essentially. Mm. And we noted that there was war in heaven, and Michael and the dragon were, uh, you know, uh, at war together, and uh, the dragon, of course, was the devil and Satan, and so accusations about God have been made by Lucifer. Uh, he has um, caused humanity, beginning with Adam and Eve, to turn away from God, to separate from God. And what God is trying to establish is the truth about who he is, what is right and what is wrong, um, and that he's going to restore harmony to, to the universe. And he has to do that before witnesses. Mm. God, you know, in our um, in our state... You know, we're calling on our leaders, whether they're state uh, premiers or whether it's the prime minister or, you know, even whether it's the royal family, right? We want them to be more transparent because we want to be able to trust them, mm. right? We don't want to see deals done under the table. Mm. We want transparency from our leaders. And God is the ultimate transparent leader. He lays out this incredible courtroom scene and he says, I'm going to save lost people from planet earth and i want the universe to know that i'm doing the right thing is he is he is it safe for him to bring sinners back to the heavenly fold it seems like this this idea of of witnesses being quite an important thing and we we have it even in our own court system mm-hmm. where we're where you know many courts are open or yes. even televised, yes, <laughs> and so people like to see justice being done. Yeah, mm. and so this transparency apparently is very important to God mm. because He's basically saying, uh, "Can I take sinners from planet Earth and introduce them back into the holy habitation of heaven?" In a way, planet Earth is quarantined. Mm. You know, we think about quarantine now from the perspective of COVID, but planet Earth is quarantined from the rest of the universe. Um, and we, we, God wants to bring us back into the company of heavenly beings, but He can only do that if it's safe to do so. Mm. Um, do you want to go to a break? Or yeah, is, let's go to a break, yeah. and we'll come back and talk some more about what this heavenly court drama looks like. Okay, we're going to listen to this song. It's called "Is He Worthy" by Chris Tomlin. Isn't new creation? 
back to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And we're talking with Peter Watts this morning. And we've been talking about uh, this uh, judgment and uh, courtrooms in heaven. And uh, I guess I want to ask the question, Peter, is there any connection between what we see here and what we understand, you know, like, say, we've seen on TV, TV courtroom dramas, etc.? Is there any connection? Is there any resemblance between what we see here and what uh, is going on up uh, mm. in these passages? Well, there's a couple of things, I suppose, I would say. Is, is you know, first, we might watch, uh, you know, a program on TV, and in a way, the universe is watching what takes place here on tw- planet Earth, as well as watching the courtroom drama that's happening in, in heaven. heaven. Yeah. So, for instance, in 1 Corinthians 4.9, uh, the Bible says, uh, For I think that God, this is Paul writing, he says, For I think that God has displayed us, the apostles, last, as men condemned to death. For we have been made a spectacle to the world, both to angels and to men. Now, that word spectacle there is uh, the Greek word theatron, mm-hmm. and we get the word theatre from that. So essentially, it's almost like we, planet Earth is a theatre that the world is, that the universe rather, is watching. Mm. You know, sometimes we will tune into our nightly news and uh, see the war in Afghanistan or something, you know. Um, the universe is tuning into planet Earth and seeing the war between good and a- evil pl- played out here. And um, in the heavenly courtroom drama, uh, we have uh, certain players there that are playing roles that we might recognise from a courtroom drama here. So, for instance, you have uh, in a regular courtroom, you might have the defence, the prosecution and the judge. Mm. 
Yeah. Right? And, uh, but the Bible tells us we have those three things, uh, occurring too. So for instance, maybe I will get you to, uh, no, I'll read this one. This is, uh, 1st John 2 1. Notice what it says here. John is writing, he says, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So he says we have an advocate. Mm. An advocate is someone who speaks on your behalf. He stands up for you. Um, and so he's really your defense lawyer. Your advocate is your defense lawyer. And so we're told that Jesus Christ is our advocate. He's the one who is standing there speaking on your behalf. He's your defense lawyer. Okay, well, that's got to be good news, right? You've got mm-hmm. a defense there. Uh, and then, of course, you've got the judge. And most people, I think, would say, well, the judge, that's obviously God the Father, right? But I'd like for you to read John chapter 5, verse 22. And these are the words of Jesus. It says, For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. Wow, that's a revelation. That is. That's a big revelation. And this is. Because we think of God the Father being the the mean, angry, wrathful God, and Jesus being the loving one. Mm -hmm. And here it's saying that. Jesus is the is the judge. Right. And if you see, I'm writing this down now. So you've got advocate, defense lawyer. Who's that? Jesus mm. is the defense, right? Mm. Who's the judge? Well, we think it's the father, but the Bible tells us very clearly that it's, it's going to be the son, yeah. which is Jesus. So hang on. This is absolutely mind-bogglingly good news mm. because it means that your defense lawyer is also the judge. Mm. And the judge is the one who gets to make the decision about your guilt or innocence or otherwise, right? And so if you have Jesus as your defense and Jesus as your judge, you cannot lose your case. So really the the, the key thing here is uh, making sure you've got the right lawyer. Eh? That Don't sack your lawyer. <laughs> don't sack your defense team, yeah. right? Sometimes we want to say, no, I think I'll represent myself. Yeah. I, I think I'll defend myself. Mm-hmm. And you've got no, you, like the snake in the chapter 3 of Genesis, you haven't got a leg to stand on mm. because you're not going to be able to explain that you're not guilty when everybody knows that you are guilty, particularly the prosecution who comes next. Mm. And again, when we talk about who's the prosecution, we think, well, maybe God's the prosecution, right? Maybe Mm. God's saying, here's what Jason's done wrong, but Jesus is going to say, yes, but I've paid for him. Mm. But God is not the prosecution. We have got to change the way we think about God the Father. Mm. Many people think of God the Father as stern and severe Mm. and actually wants to keep you out. And it's Jesus who's saying, "Oh, oh, Dad, you know, can you please let him in? Not at all. The Bible itself, Jesus himself says, the Father loves you just as much as the Son, Mm. right? So the accuser or the prosecution is not God the Father. Let's read about that. That is in Revelation 12.10. Go ahead. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night, 
has been cast down. Okay, now the context of this is very clear in the passage. This is talking about the devil and Satan, which is mentioned in the previous verse. And so it's actually the devil and Satan, he is the one who is accusing us. He knows your sins, and he is saying, you can't take Jason to heaven, because I know I tempted him to do this, 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 and this. Mm. Right? You can't possibly take him to heaven. But Jesus is able to say, I have paid for Jason. Here are the scars on my hands. I died on the cross. I spilled my blood. I paid the price for the sins of the whole world, but I'm claiming Jason as my own because Jason claims me as his, as his own. Mm. And so Jesus is able to stand and say, I've paid for Jason, so there's nothing the accuser has to say about you anymore. So there's got to be some, uh, I guess, condition for me to be able to claim that. Okay. So this is it. So remember, uh, if people remember last week's episode, when I was talking about the parachute, we're falling through the air, we're going to hit the ground, we're going to die, but Jesus comes along and says, would you like a parachute? And it's basically, are we willing to accept Jesus' salvation on our behalf? Are we accepting that Jesus has paid the price for our sins and we're willing to follow him? That's the condition upon which we get everlasting life. Jesus, the Bible says, for God so loved the world. Mm. So his payment on the cross is for everybody. Everybody has access to that. Mm. But we must accept that. We must acknowledge that we're in need of a saviour, accept that Jesus is the one who's done what was necessary to be done to save us, and then to choose to follow him. And what's interesting is when we talked before about the fact that the Bible clearly tells us that we're saved by grace, yet we're judged by works, right? Mm. We must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ um, and be judged according to what we've done, good or bad, right? Mm. Well, we've all done bad, Mm. right? So that comes into it, but Jesus has paid for that. But it also says that... um, what the way we live our lives demonstrates the truth of that acceptance so if we accept christ and his salvation our lives will be in god's direction mm. right we may uh, stumble and fall the bible says a righteous man may fall seven times but he gets up again that's mm. a righteous man mm. so therefore uh It's not talking about the fact that you may never make a mistake again. What it is talking about is the direction of your life will be in harmony. Your heart is saying, I want to walk with God. I want to be with God. Mm. So it's not as if a believer doesn't face the judgment. Everyone faces the judgment. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Okay, so, yeah, so there's a, the, the question is, don't believers escape the judgment? I thought that there isn't there a Bible verse that says that? We're going to have a look at that right now. Um, so that's it's John, John Chi- five twenty four. Yeah. I I have that. Do you have that? Yeah, I've got it. Okay, you read that out, and you've got the New King James Version. Yep, it says, "Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life, and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life." Okay, there it is. It says, "Shall not come into judgment." Surely, that means that you know. It's done. It's it's over. You know, you won't come into judgment. 
But what we need to understand about this is the word that is used there can be translated judgment, but it's in the sense of condemnation. Mm. So I'm going to read it in the King James Version. Okay, It says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in me, uh, who has sent me, believes in him who has sent me, has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation. Condemnation, wow. But has passed from death into life. Mm. And that's important because how do you pass from death into life? A, de- a decision has to be made, right? Whether that decision's made by God or whether that decision's made by you mm. in following Christ. In a way, God made his decision on the cross in the sense that he decided that he would provide the sacrifice necessary for to all. pay for the sins for the whole world. Mm. But God is a God of freedom. Mm. He will not force anybody to spend eternity with him in heaven unless they want to. Mm. So the choice to be saved is ours. We must accept that which Christ has done and our lives will be reveal that decision on a day-to-day basis because we'll be choosing to live our life either in harmony with heaven or in contradiction to heaven. Mm. And that's why our works demonstrate the validity of our choices. Mm. Uh, they actually demonstrate... Yes, I've really made that decision. Not not just a, a a tacit approval of saying, "Yep, yep, I want to be a Christian," and then living like the devil, mm. but rather saying, "Yes, I understand what God did for me to pay for my sins, and I want to follow Him to the ends of the earth." Mm. So I think that's important. Mm. Um, maybe we'll read one more verse, which. Uh, We'll read this verse and then we'll go to a break, which is Romans 8.1. I really love this verse. Yeah, it says, uh, There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And I just want to say one thing before we go to the break on this, and that is uh, in John chapter 3, if people read you know, from verse 16 all the way through to, I think it's verse 21, it makes it very plain there that if we're lost... It's not because we're we're sinners, because everybody's a sinner, and Jesus paid the price for that. But if we're lost, it's because we reject the Savior. We reject the solution provided for us to overcome sin, to be redeemed, to be saved. And so it's very important that we understand what God has done and that we accept Jesus and embrace him, that he is our Savior. We need to go to a break, but uh, I do want to share our actual book offer today, free book offer. It's uh, a book called Hope for a Helpless Planet. And in this book, you'll discover how Jesus will come again and how to be ready to meet him. It's sort of connected with our our topic today. And uh, we're going to give you the code for that book, Hope for a Helpless Planet, immediately after the break. This is Mercy Said No by the Ball Brothers. was drawn to what I could not understand And for the cause of Christ I have spent my days believing What he'd have me be is who I am As I've come to see the weaker side of me 
Powerful song, Mercy Said No. Now, I did promise the code for our book our giveaway today, Hope for a Helpless Planet. That code is SEARCH2. SEARCH2, no spaces. Text that in to 0488880891. Now, Peter, we've been talking about the judgment. Is this something we should look forward to? 
Well, it's fascinating when you look at the, if we understand what the concept of judgment is, if in the judgment Jesus is representing us, then it should be something that we look forward to, right? Um, in Psalm 135 verse 14, it says, For the Lord will judge his people, right? And then it says, And he will have compassion on his servants. So here, this is a, a parallelism. The Lord will judge his people. He will have compassion on his servants. So in other words, the judgment here is a compassionate act on behalf of God in favor of his people. Mm. So this is something that uh, the Bible writers understood was a great thing. Praise the Lord. God's going to judge us, right? Uh, it's illustrated here by da- King David, right? Psalm 35, verse 24 uh, this is the King James Version. I want mm-hmm. you, okay, and I'm going to share another version. But notice this: it says, "Judge me, O Lord my God, according to Thy righteousness, and let them not rejoice over me." So he's saying, "Judge me." He's, he's actually saying, "I want you to judge me, Lord." Mm. In the New King James Version, they kind of update that a little bit, and it says, "Vindicate me, O mm-hmm. Lord God." In other words, God is going to speak on our behalf. So it's it's really something that if we are Christ's, it goes back to the defense lawyer. If the defense lawyer and the judge are on your side, you can rejoice at the judgment. If you've got Christ, that's all you need, right? But if you don't have Christ, then the judgment's a scary thing. So that's why we need Christ, and that's why we want Christ. So when does this judgment happen, Peter? Okay, so we looked earlier and we noticed that in the writings of Paul, he says God will appoint a day on which he will judge the world. So Mm. therefore, Paul is saying this is something yet future from my time. I'm going to read Revelation 14, 6 and 7. Okay, this is uh, right at the end of time, book of Revelation. It says, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and the earth, the sea and the springs of waters. Here it gives a definite time that the judgment has come. Mm. And this is interesting because this is the first of three angels' messages. There are two that follow it. So clearly Jesus hasn't come yet. Mm. So here we have, Paul says the judgment is yet future. Here we have an announcement that the judgment has come, right? The hour of his judgment has come, a definite time. And still Jesus hasn't come. You come to Revelation 22, verse 12. It says, And behold, these are the words of Jesus. Behold, I am coming quickly. My reward is with me to give everyone according to his work. Apparently, at this point, the judgment has ended. Right? So you have the judgment occurring after the time of Paul, before the second coming. um, And so we could say it's after the cross, a specific time but before the second coming of Christ. Mm. And uh, we can get more specific about that later on. One of my favorite verses in the Bible about the judgment is Daniel 7.22. Remember we looked at that courtroom scene in Daniel chapter 7 earlier? I love this passage, Daniel 7.22. It says, The Ancient of Days came, and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High, and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. Here we can see that the judgment was made even before the saints possessed the kingdom, Mm. right? So you have the judgment, then the saints possess the kingdom. And so 
What I love about this is it says judgment was made in favor of the saints. Who yeah. is a saint? A saint is simply some simply someone who follows Christ, yeah. has embraced Jesus as their savior, and they are a Christian. And so if we have Christ, we have nothing to fear. I'm going to leave with this illustration. Imagine you're in a jail cell accused of crimes, okay? And your defense lawyer comes to see you. And they said, I've talked to the judge, and I can guarantee when your day in court comes, you'll be acquitted. Mm. Are you looking forward to your day in court? Absolutely. Of course you are, because that's the day when you get acquitted. And that's how we should view the judgment. Mm. It's uh, it's a really different perspective, and uh, I like it because so often we think of the judgment of this scary time, but it's actually a time that we can look forward to because we know if we trust in Jesus and what he's done for us, then uh, that's our day. Mm. That's our day. That's awesome. Um, I will just remember uh, remind our listeners again that we've got the free tickets for Prophetica. You can text in today and tomorrow is the last day, 0488880891. Prophetica number 21, no spaces. Text that in to claim a free ticket. Now, uh, what, are you, uh, what have you got for us next week, Peter? Okay, so next week on Searching for Certainty, we're going to be looking at the topic of playing by the rules. What is our relationship to the law of God? Um, you know, we think about the Ten Commandments. Should we keep the Ten Commandments? Does God not worry about the Ten Commandments? What is the relationship between the believer and the law of God? Mm. Okay. And tomorrow we've got David Maxwell with uh, Tabitha Zachariah. They'll be talking about this uh, interesting, intriguing uh, title called He Prayed For You. Um, I think I know the, the verse that he's referring to in here, so uh, I'm going to listen to that program and find out if uh, if I know what it is. <laughs> so uh, we do encourage you to listen in tomorrow for uh, the program with David Maxwell and Tabitha Zachariah. Um, remember the book offer for today, Search 2, Hope for a Helpless Planet. You can text in any time, even if you're listening after the event, you can still text that one in. But when it comes to the Prophetica tickets, they're only available today, Thursday, and tomorrow will be the very last day. So text in Prophetica 21 for the free tickets. Here's our last song. It's actually uh, titled Revelation 22, verse 20 and 21, and it talks about Jesus coming soon. Testifies to these things, says, Surely I am coming soon. He who testifies to these things, says, Surely I am coming soon. Surely I am coming soon. Amen, come Lord Jesus, come. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. He who testifies to these things, Surely I am coming
Jesus, come.